அலமதுலாஹிஃபாஸ்லாத்துலாமின்ஷைத்தானிஸ்மில்லாஹிர்ரஹ்மான்ரஹீம் most respected students of deen mothers and sisters it is the grace of allah taala that we are witnessing these mubarak days the days of shaaban are with us and we are fast approaching the mubarak month of ramadan may allah taala enable us to reach the mubarak month may allah taala grant us the tawfeeq of applying ourselves correctly and taking the maximum benefit taking the great bounties that Allah Taala showers down in this mubarak month may Allah Taala grant us the tawfiq of becoming his true servants who are obedient to him in every respect within ourselves in our hearts all the qualities that should be acquired Allah Taala grant us those qualities the strength of iman the tawakkul and trust in Allah Taala the khashiyat and the fear for Allah Taala taqwa which is the purpose and the object of the month of Ramadan and all the other various qualities inabat and ruju ila Allah turning to Allah Tabaraka wa Taala the aspects of humility tawazu generosity forgiveness compassion kindness and whatever else we are supposed to acquire all the akhlaq of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and together with all these inner qualities to acquire the outer aspects that have been taught to us by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what the quran sharif itself has commanded to bring all these things in our lives as well this is what the month of ramadan is for to acquire complete deen so to the extent that we will have this in front of us from now that this is what i need to acquire i need to acquire complete deen within myself and on the external self as well and to the extent that we will target for this we will make an effort for it we will make dua for it we will focus towards it then to that extent inshallah allah taala will grant it to us but if we don't even intend it all we intend is that i will try and make some extra ibadat then we have not even tried to acquire the sifat and the qualities with which our hearts should be adorned we have not even tried to fill our hearts with taqwa the fear of allah taala the consciousness of allah taala the love for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the love for his way of life then if we haven't even intended to try and increase these aspects in our lives then the month of ramadan will come and go and these things will be just a thought we would not have progressed in any way in these aspects 
So therefore the important thing is, number one, right now to start making the intention that this is what I need to acquire. And in that process, whatever challenges come, Allah Ta'ala make those challenges easy to overcome because these are things that have always been the case. Right from the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Kiram and even before them in the lives of the Anbiya Alaihi and their followers, there have always been challenges for those who get closer to Allah Ta'ala. But as they keep getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, their hearts are filled with a deep love and contentment also and happiness which words cannot describe and cannot be explained in any way. We have to only just listen and accept what the Ahlullah and the Akabir tell us that this is a reality. And inshallah we got to continue striving. Someday you and I will also inshallah reach that point where we will experience that which they are talking about. Where we will also taste from that fountain of contentment, that fountain of happiness, that fountain of the proximity to Allah Ta'ala, which the Ahlullah have already experienced and they describe to us. But the challenges normally I test. And when a person just perseveres a little, then those tests become very easy. But this dunya is dunya. Many a times the test comes from those who are very close to one. Rasulullah when he proclaimed the message of Iman, some of the very close people, his own uncles, Abu Lahab, his own uncle Abu Lahab became among his arch enemies. Can we imagine Abu Lahab was so close to him that he was so excited when Rasulullah was born and the good news was given to him that in rejoicing over this he even freed his slave. The slave woman who came to give him the good news he freed that slave in happiness. But then he became the arch enemy of Rasulullah and such an open enemy that even the Quran denounced him till the day of Qiyamah this will be Preserved that he was cursed by Allah Ta'ala. Tabbat yada abi lahabi watab. And who is this person? He's the uncle of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Abu Talib, who was very close to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who was very dear to him, who even supported him to a great extent in terms of protecting him from the onslaught of the kuffar. But Nabi Islam's heart could not be cooled by seeing his uncle accepting Iman. And his uncle also at times would call him and say to him that uh, leave the idols of the Quraysh alone, etc. The various incidents in the lives in the life of Rasulullah and Nabi Islam would respond and say that you put the sun in one hand and you put the moon in one hand I will not leave the message of Allah wa ta'ala. I will not leave proclaiming the message of Allah ta'ala. so the challenges came the challenge came to Hazrat Bilal an, who was being dragged on the hot sands of Makkah Mukarrama can we imagine that situation 
We cannot get anywhere close to even imagining it. Forget experiencing it. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Allah Ta'ala keep us in afiyat. But these incidents occurred. Hazrat Khabbab bin Arat radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Sumayya radiallahu ta'ala anha. The first martyr of Islam among the women. And uh, Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir radiallahu ta'ala an. Their son Hazrat Yasir radiallahu ta'ala an. And all the various Sahaba that underwent untold suffering and hardship for the sake of Islam, we cannot even bring ourselves to imagine the reality of those hardships. What has become the challenges nowadays compared to what they experienced? What has become the challenge nowadays? And this is something that has happened even subsequent to that. To the Akabir, the Ulama Yoban, this is barely uh, 150, 200 years ago. When the English had gained the, they overpowered the jihad that was taking place at the time, the mujahideen of the time, the ulama Deoban, and thousands of ulama, thousands of ulama were killed in cold blood, they were mercilessly slaughtered, blood was flowing down the roads of Delhi, they even then took the bodies of the ulama and they hanged it on trees for days. Nobody was allowed to come near it. Now can you imagine what the scene would have been? And many were sewn into the, Allah Ta'ala forbid, into the skins of swine. And then hung up. Just to, na'uzubillah, try and humiliate them, disgrace them. But who can disgrace those who Allah Ta'ala gives honor to? But they they saw what is coming. They knew what is happening. They saw others. It's happening to others as well. But they remained firm and steadfast and they would not for one bit also waver in the path that they had adopted to proclaim and uphold the message of Allah Ta'ala and the name of Islam. And they gave their lives. The streets were flowing with their blood. But they did not waver. So, the thing is that we have to take a lesson from this. What has become the challenge nowadays? Somebody passes some comment, some negative comment. So, being human, we would feel something, obviously. But somebody passed some negative comment. And sometimes we get so overwhelmed with that comment, like as if the whole world has come to an end, that shouldn't be the case. We should take these comments in our stride. And we should feel once some person got afflicted with, one great Buzrug, he got afflicted with Sihar, with Jadu. So people would come to console him, he would say yes, he would make the Amin to their duas also, and he would also make dua for Afiyat and Sihat, but at the same time he would console himself and others to say that, Yes, this is a challenge, but Nabi Wasallam uh, was also afflicted with sihr. So this is not something in anybody's control. Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace, He made me resemble Rasulullah in this involuntary situation also. So should I not be grateful for that? Though, out of my weakness, I also make dua for afiyat. I make dua for Allah Ta'ala to grant me relief, because that is also sunnat. But at the same time, I am mentally happy 
over my condition that Allah Ta'ala made it such that I am now resembling Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this involuntary situation. It's not something for somebody to try and acquire voluntarily. And neither we should ask for such a thing also. But if it comes and a person doesn't become overwhelmed, you should ask for afiyat, make dua for relief, make dua for being saved from such situations. But this was that Buzruk's mind, mindset. This was his way of, his outlook. And this is the biggest thing. Unfortunately, we are losing out in terms of what should be the correct outlook and the correct approach to things. What should be our mindset? Many a times we even adopt certain outer things. But the mindset hasn't changed. The mindset is still westernized. The mindset is still something away from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Something away from the mizaj and the temperament of deen. So that mindset is very important. That is the inside. That is what's in the heart. That heart will speak. So this month that come, these Mubarak months, Allah Ta'ala has given us the month of Ramadan to acquire taqwa. What is taqwa? It's inside. Taqwa is inside. And that inside will speak outside. That inside will express itself in various ways. A person can have his outside in a different manner, very good, very pious, very, very excellent outer appearance, but that could be a deception. That could be just a cover-up. But if the inside is excellent, then that excellent inside will express itself on the outside as well. That won't give any deception. That will express itself on the outside as well. The inside and the outside will both be good. It can be that the outside is good, but the inside is something else. But if the inside is good, then the outside will conform as well. So we have to make an effort on the outer self as well, and more than that, on the inner self, on our hearts. And when our hearts become correct, then it will automatically express itself on the outer self. And all the commands of Allah Ta'ala will become very, very simple for us. Because we are more conscious, Allah Ta'ala is watching, Allah is aware, and Allah Ta'ala must be pleased. The pleasure of people, the displeasure of people will not become an issue for us. We will be concerned about the pleasure or the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is pleased with His obedience in every sense of the word. In following the way of life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Naqshe qadam nabi ke hai, sunnat ke raaste, jannat ke raaste, Allah se milate hai sunnat ke raaste. The beautiful couplet of our Hazrat Wala, Hazrat Mashaah, Muhammad Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi, which has become world-renowned, that naqshe qadam nabi ke hai, jannat ke raaste. You want to go to jannat, then you follow, go to follow the way, the footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His footsteps will lead to jannat. So what was his way? What was his footsteps? What was the path he walked on? The path of the fear of Allah Taala, the love of Allah Taala, the path of taqwa, the path of tawakkul, the path of simplicity, the path of turning to Allah Taala, the path of the of modesty and shame. Allah's Nabi Wasallam taught women how to conduct themselves. He taught men how to conduct themselves. The Quran Sharif, the details in the Quran Sharif, this is the path that Nabi Wasallam drove on. 
And this is the footsteps that lead to Jannat. And Allah se milate hai sunnat ke raste. You want to reach Allah Ta'ala, you will have to walk on the path of the sunnat. There is no other path that will lead to Allah Ta'ala. The rest of it is all deception. The only path is the path of sunnat. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ If you claim to love Allah Ta'ala, all of us by reciting the kalima, we claim to love Allah Ta'ala. Then there's only one way to prove the claim, Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that declare to them, فَاتَّبِعُونِ If your claim to love Allah Ta'ala is true, then فَاتَّبِعُونِ Follow me. Follow Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Follow in his footsteps. Follow his way of life. Follow his guidance and direction. Then يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala will love you and Allah Ta'ala will forgive your sins because we are weak, we are human beings, we will err, we will falter. But we are trying our best to follow the way that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught. We are making every effort in that direction. Then Allah Ta'ala will forgive the mistakes that happen on the way. As human beings we will err. But when the direction is correct and we are making an effort to follow the correct direction, the correct mindset, Allah Ta'ala will forgive. So the issue that we are to be focusing on is to develop the heart, develop the correct mindset, develop the correct amal the correct akhlaq, the correct attire and outer self, the correct way of interacting with people, all these things. And in that effort, some challenges sometimes come. But to remain steadfast and to take the lesson that Nabi Sallallahu taught in terms of these comments that come. Nabi Sallallahu Abu Lahab's wife, she was also an arch enemy of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She would compose poetry against Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And she would say this poetry. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would hear about it in order to try and so to say rub salt in the wound. She would even distort the Mubarak name. And instead of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam she would distort the Mubarak name and say Muzammam, which was the opposite meaning. When Nabi Wasallam would hear about this, he would dismiss it in such a wonderful way, he would say to the Sahaba that, see how Allah Ta'ala saved me. That she is saying some very, very nasty things against somebody by the name of Muzammam. That is somebody I know, I don't know who it is. That's some Muzammam. She's talking about Muzammam. And my name is Muhammad. Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with this beautiful name. So I'm this Muhammad. So see how wonderfully Allah Ta'ala turned this away from me. She is talking about somebody else, not me. Now, it was obvious what her intentions were. Who she in her mind and heart was referring to. But when she distorted the name, Nabi Sassim just turned it away. See how Allah Ta'ala saved me from this. She's talking about some Muzammam. That's not me. My name is not that. My name is Muhammad. What a wonderful way Nabi Islam taught us how to just divert things away. Somebody is making some comment. They're talking about somebody else, not me. And if they're referring to me, then this comment, is, it doesn't hurt me. Alhamdulillah. My heart has been uh, secured from the hurt of these baseless and futile and silly and childish statements that sometimes even the close and near dear ones make. But we regard them as somebody in an error 
they have made a mistake in the comment they are making, so we will make dua for them. We won't retaliate, we won't take offense, we will make dua for them. Allah Ta'ala guide us also and guide them. We won't regard ourselves as better than them either. Because we don't know what's the end result. The end result is only in the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala. So we won't make any judgments against anybody. We won't regard ourselves as better than anyone. But we will remain steadfast on what is the correct way. And we'll make dua for everybody. We will beg Allah Ta'ala for hidayat for ourselves and for others also. So this is the way that we need to conduct ourselves. So these challenges will come. We should not become overwhelmed with them. We should turn to Allah Ta'ala. And that is the time, especially when somebody has made some negative comment. When somebody has said something that you found hurtful, you found painful, that you are trying in your small way to move ahead. For example, Alhamdulillah, you may have adopted the niqab. So now you adopted the niqab, you'll get others who will now become an impediment. Why? Because they don't want to let their fault become highlighted now. Just for example, Allah Ta'ala save us, somebody adopted niqab. Now you have some cousin maybe, who wants to, who, who wants to be with you because she is maybe closely attached to you, you have a long-standing friendship, very close you have been as friends. So now she wants to be with you, but at the same time she doesn't want to, out of her weakness, she doesn't want to adopt the niqab. And if she is with you, then it might highlight her deficiency. Not that it makes you better than her in the end result already, that only Allah Ta'ala knows. We should never ever regard ourselves as better than anybody. But it will highlight her deficiency. So now in order to try and keep the status quo, to try and keep herself comfortable, she will pass comments against you. She will try to discourage you. She will become an obstacle and an impediment. Now this is a challenge. This challenge cannot be compared one iota to the Sahaba Kiram having to tie stones on their bellies out of hunger because they were boycotted by the entire Quraysh. Why did they accept Iman? Why did they support Rasulullah sallam? So Nabi sallam and the Sahaba that were with him, they are boycotted, they are ostracized in Shi'b Abi Talib for almost three years. Can we imagine? No dealings with them, no communication with them, nobody to get married to anybody among them, nobody to buy anything from them, nobody to sell anything to them, nobody to have any association with them. And it became a very, very difficult situation. But they, they all undertook it. We cannot even compare one, but that one friend now is just now not, not talking to us too well or shunning us. Where can that be compared to what the Sahaba Ikram underwent? But if we undertake this little bit now, for our capacity, this too, inshallah, will bring us to be raised among the Sahaba Ikram on the day of Qiyamat. That they met the challenge of their time, we met the challenge of our time. So though this challenge is not even 0,0001% compared to their challenge, but inshallah we undertake this small challenge in our stride, we don't waver because of this, we make dua for those who are passing the comments, we make dua for those who are discouraging us, 
inshallah, we will also be raised among the Sahaba Kiram on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah Ta'ala opens the way for those who are obedient to Him. It's just a very temporary phase where there's some challenge. And then things open out. And those who were once enemies, so to say, those who were discouraging, they will become the supporters. If one considers about around 25, 30 years ago at the most, you go back 30 years ago, they were hardly anybody. I would say you can count them on the fingers of one hand. 30 years ago, they probably you could count maybe on the fingers of one hand or if you want to make it in the fingers of both hands. Around that many people, that, that many ladies for example, that adopted niqab in Durban. 30-35 years ago, that was the case. Now can we imagine that those who started off at that time Forget that in their own family only they were probably the only one. In the whole extended family there might have been one person. Let alone just that, in the whole extended family. Probably in the whole neighborhood it might have been that one person. And in the whole uh, community it might have been that whole suburb, it might have been the one person. Or two people. So now those one or two people look like some real aliens. If they are traveling somewhere... Everybody is looking at them like where these people fell from. It was a very common thing that time that those handful of people that used to adopt the niqab, they used to be called ninjas. Whatever the reason was, Allah knows best. I have no idea. Somebody said it was some, some, Allah alam, some film or something, and uh, they used to be dressed in some black. So now, because these people adopted the cloak, and there were no fancy cloaks at that time, they adopted the cloak and niqab where even the cloak was a very, very, very rare thing. That years ago, the cloak was very, very rare. There was no cloaks around. And those who were wearing it were probably one in a whole thousand people, one in five thousand people. So now they were looking like aliens. And they underwent it. Can we imagine the rewards that are accruing to them that they laid the foundation? And they would have faced maybe a hundred times more uh, challenges compared to what is being faced by somebody that undertakes it now. But those who are undertaking the challenge now are laying the foundation for those still to come in their families, in their communities, in their circles, they are laying the foundation. And we should do this only for Allah Ta'ala. Nowadays even unfortunately as we repeatedly keep talking about it, that cloaks are taking a different direction also. That that is becoming a source of attraction. It's supposed to have been a source of distraction. This is the loose outer covering that the Quran Sharif speaks about. That yudnina alayhinna min jalabibihin That jilbab is a loose outer covering which is called the cloak that that is what should be adopted. Nabi Islam is being told that tell your wives they should adopt this. The Quran Sharif is speaking about it. Say to your wives and to your daughters and to the believing woman, the Quran Sharif is speaking about it, that they should adopt this loose outer covering, the cloak, 
which completely conceals the shape of the body. When out of necessity, the woman has to leave the home, out of what is valid and permissible necessity. So this completely conceals the shape of the body. If that cloak is not serving that purpose, then it's, it's not serving the purpose. It's not loose enough. If that cloak has become a tight-fitting garment, then we should call it something else. Don't call it a cloak, because a cloak is a loose-fitting outer garment, which completely conceals the shape of the body. So this is something that Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Qur'an Sharif, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was commanded to declare to Nisa'il Mu'mineen, to all the women of the world that will come to the day of Qiyamah who will have Iman. So now, those who adopted it in this country alone, in this country also, 30, 20, 30 years ago roughly, they were regarded as, I suppose, almost like aliens. But they laid the foundation. And they laid the foundation, today they are reaping the rewards of thousands of people. If not thousands, definitely hundreds who have adopted niqab, and in the country thousands, who have adopted niqab, who have adopted the correct cloak, unfortunately, shaitan's effort is constantly to try and undo the benefit of the cloak, but we should become hyper-conscious of this. So in any case, the point is that those who adopted this, they set the foundation, they are taking the rewards. Those who are undertaking the challenges in this time, Allah Ta'ala's help will come down, and Allah Ta'ala's special mercies will be showered upon them, and they are laying the foundation for those to come that they are laying the foundation for the fulfillment of this command of the Qur'an Sharif. And as we said, that this is not deen in entirety, this is the outer self. The outer self sometimes can become a deception also. So we should never deceive ourselves in that regard. We have to prepare and correct our outer self. We have to correct our inner selves as well. And when our inner selves will get corrected, then the outer self will automatically also get corrected. But this is a joint effort, it's a simultaneous effort it isn't something that we can apportion a time frame to one thing first and then the other both have to carry on simultaneously we are weak, we will falter, we will fall, we will make mistakes but if the direction is there in front of us we know where our destination is, where our target is then inshallah we'll move in that direction and sooner or later with the help of Allah Ta'ala we will reach the destination so all this started off that these Mubarak days and months that are with us, this is not to be, we should not lose this opportunity to gain the objective. We must not narrow down our focus and intention only to just some ibadat only. And think we have done justice to the Mubarak month. That ibadat is essential, it's very important, and we should do the maximum possible. But let us broaden our intentions that we want to try and get in ourselves complete deen. And to the extent we will make the intention, to the extent we will make the effort, and we will make the dua, all these things, the intention, the proportionate effort, and dua, coupled with very, very earnest dua. When all these three things will combine, then inshallah, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq will come. And He'll open the way forward. And He will make, open up the ways of guidance for us. So this is what we have to start pondering very, very deeply, checking within ourselves, 
and as we are repeatedly saying, to take the challenges in our stride, not to become overwhelmed by it. And the Sahaba Kiram, what did they do? When challenges came, what did they do? They turned to Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala opened the way for them. We are weak, we are very, very weak compared to them. As we described that we can't even compare to them to the extent of 0,000 and maybe another 100 zeros, 1%. But according to our weakness, we will make a proportionate effort. Allah Ta'ala will grant us His help on that effort also. Allah Ta'ala opened the way for us. So they, you felt somebody said something, somebody discouraged you in some way, you felt a little down, you felt hurt maybe. What is the right thing to do at that time? Make two rakats namaz. Turn to Allah Ta'ala. And that broken heart which will turn to Allah Ta'ala, with that broken heart, that dua you will make, that dua has a special effect. Especially when that heart was broken for Allah Ta'ala. We often experience broken hearts, sometimes for haram reasons also, Allah forbid. Sometimes just merely for worldly reasons. That is natural, it's human nature, something got lost, something got... Uh, destroyed some calamity, we'll experience some emotion that is human nature. But the heart that broke for the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, that the heart doesn't want to now disobey Allah Ta'ala. And it broke in order to remain obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And that broken heart, you turn to Allah Ta'ala. And you make dua with that broken heart. Ya Allah, out of love for you, to try and acquire your love, to try and be obedient to you, to try and gain your mercy, to try and gain your forgiveness, I am taking these feeble steps, very, very broken steps, very feeble effort. I can't even call it an effort. But Ya Allah, I am taking this half-hearted effort and making this half-hearted effort and taking this very, very minute and step, and step towards you. But ya Allah, somebody is discouraging me, somebody is passing some negative comments to me, and I am so weak, Ya Allah, that I am getting affected by this also. But Ya Allah, I am staying steadfast for your purpose, for your pleasure, for your happiness. Ya Allah, my heart is broken. You fill this broken heart of mine with your love. You fill this broken heart of mine with your pleasure. With the love for Rasulullah With the love for his way of life. And then see in that low feeling also, what excitement, what happiness. It's like an inner thrill that will come in that heart. And initially there will be that pain, but then in that pain will come a happiness. In that pain will come a joy. In that pain will come a serenity. In that pain will come such peace that words cannot describe. And you'll keep hearing those things around and your heart will be somewhere else. Your ears will then be listening only and your heart will be experiencing some different joy. Ya Allah, I'm nowhere compared to the Sahaba. I can't even imagine coming close to them. But Ya Allah, they also remain steadfast when the challenges came to them. My challenge is so minute, so minor compared to them. But Ya Allah, I'm trying to resemble them to remain steadfast in front of the challenges for deen. Ya Allah, you grant me the help that you granted the sahaba Ikram. You grant me the pleasure that you granted the sahaba Ikram. And Allah Ta'ala will grant it. And you'll find that happiness in your heart which all the things of the world cannot give anybody. So, let us treasure those, those moments when the heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala. Don't regard it as a calamity. Don't regard it as a calamity. 
This is a this is a gift not everybody is granted. Wallah, this is a gift. And not everybody is granted this gift. That way you feel your heart broke for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Because you don't want to displease your Rabb. This is a special gift. This is not a musibat. And this is not a gift that is dished out just to anyone and everyone. This is a gift that is dished out to those who Allah Ta'ala loves. And now Allah Ta'ala is seeing that heart getting broken for that, for His pleasure. That heart Allah Ta'ala then selects. And Allah Ta'ala fills that heart with His muhabbat. And that heart then experiences that happiness, that joy. In the midst of all the challenges, that heart is content and it becomes grief-proof. Like how you get a watch that becomes waterproof. So that heart becomes grief-proof. And then anybody can say what they want. It's like shooting arrows and that arrows are bouncing off. They will shoot the arrows, the poisonous arrows from their tongues and whatever else. And those arrows will just bounce off like nothing happened. So, but this, there is an initial challenge. There is some initial mujahada, some striving. And then, when their heart is breaking, turning to Allah Ta'ala and talking to Him and begging His help, and when this will happen several times, each time this heart capacity is being built, this heart is being strengthened, this heart is being uh, becoming that that capacity for becoming grief proof is being built, and in time, then there will be happiness inside this heart, even in the challenges. So this is what these Mubarak months are coming for. This is what we should be focusing on. This is what we should be targeting. This is what we should be trying to make an effort to achieve. And inshallah we'll see what a difference this will make to our lives, how peaceful and serene we'll find our lives will become, and we will no more be craving for the things which others think they cannot do without, and which their lives they feel will be so dry without. We will find that without all those things, our lives are more exciting than anybody else's lives. Because excitement is in the heart, not outside. Excitement and happiness is in the heart. Otherwise, if a person, Allah Ta'ala takes away the happiness of that heart, he can keep trying to do what he wants. She can keep trying to do what she wants. We can try whatever excitements, whatever we think will give us excitement, will become only more miserable by each passing moment. There is no excitement and no happiness out there in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. It is only the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But if that was just so direct that a person just did one small good deed and he found everything just opened out for him immediately, there's, then there is no challenge left. And this dunya is a place of challenge. The place of reward is Jannat. Real reward comes there. But Allah Ta'ala's mercy is so great that Allah Ta'ala shows the reward even in this dunya in various ways. But some mujahada is required initially. So let us focus our minds in this direction that this is what I'm going to achieve in these Mubarak months. This is what I'm going to target for. This is what I'm going to make an effort for. This is what I'm going to make dua for. This is my firm intention. And inshallah Allah Ta'ala will open the way for us. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان وجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين